You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. And welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. I'm your host, Wes Deadair Nipe. Today's show, it is the thrilling conclusion of Hackslash, My First Maniac. I started this comic book as a bit of an impromptu thing because I was really having a hard time making a decision about what book I wanted to do next, and I'm really glad I did. Your guys' response has been really really positive and so i'm really happy that you guys are enjoying this story it's one of my favorites well hack slash in its entirety is really one of my favorites you guys have been sticking with me through this story so i would like nothing better than to finish it off so without further ado i give you hack slash my first maniac story by tim seeley art Daniel Leister. Colors, Mark Englert. Letters by Crank. Edits, James Lauder. Cassie Hack, created by Tim Seeley with Stefano Caselli. And now, the conclusion. Establishing shot, it's night. A crow flies through the sky. The line that ended the last issue starts this issue. Sarah, in caption, please... Tell me you understand. The crow now flies high over the cornfield, heading down to the farm. Cassie's narration. Someone asked that of me? The girl whose mother crawled out of a grave with a face that looked like pulled pork? Me. The girl who dropped out of school so she could go on a one-woman monster hunt? The crow suddenly stops in midair, almost as if it's been pulled back. It's difficult to tell if the crow's been snagged on something or it's just startled by something. If I told people what I've seen, what I believe is still out there lurking in the dark spaces, if I told people what I've done, or worse, what I intend to do, they wouldn't understand. No. They'd crucify me. And sure enough, we see Cassie, ironically, crucified by Sarah. Instead of nails attaching her to the boards, however, she is tied by rope around her arms, around her waist, and around her ankles, her face still sporting the wound of being hit in the face by Sarah's shovel, which knocked her unconscious in the first place. She stares solemnly at Sarah. Her narration continues. It's so ironic that this girl, Sarah Bunn, is the one who gave me the Jesus treatment. She's the one who hopes I understand. Sarah Bunn, a girl in love with a boy who should be feeding the worms right now. Not bashing in teenagers' heads, given my current mission. I guess maybe it's also ironic that I'm going to say this. Cassie speaks. I understand, Sarah. Sarah, clasping her hands together, she looks so happy and relieved. Oh, thank God. I felt it, you know? When I first met you, I knew there was something. I knew I was just too scared to ask. She swings her arms over Cassie's shoulders in a loving hug. 
Cassie's still tied to the cross. But your diary. God, your mom. You know what it's like. I can talk to you. A close-up of Sarah's face still hugging Cassie, tears of joy streaming down her face. You're just like me. Sarah, tossing away the gun in her hand. I'm so glad we don't need this. I mean, honestly, I hate violence, and guns are the worst. Sarah now knelt down at Cassie's feet. She's untying her legs, having already untied her arms and waist. Sarah continues. Look, I don't know how far you got with your mom before you had to kill her. Again, I mean. But I think maybe I've made some strides with Matthew. Like I said, I don't know how much is left of him. Maybe you know what we should do next. A slivered panel of Cassie's eyes. She looks sad. She says, I do know. Cassie, grabbing the back of the cross for leverage, she swings her legs up and kicks Sarah hard in the face. Sarah hits the ground and begins to spit her out blood. Cassie now, holding her bat, ready to face down Sarah. Sarah. Uh, you... You bitch! She spits out blood. Why'd you do that? Cassie now, holding the gun that Sarah had tossed away. Because... I'm going to kill Matthew once and for all, and I need you to stay the fuck out of my way. Sarah on the ground, clenching her fists. She looks furious. How could you? I thought we were alike. I thought you understood. Cassie now, heading into the cornfield, her bat slung over one shoulder, her other hand holding the gun at the ready. Cassie says, I understand. But we're nothing alike. Cassie now deep into the cornfield. One side of her face looks pretty swollen from that shovel hit. Her narration. My mom wasn't unique. There are others like her. For just a second, I feel a rush. Some kind of relief. It wasn't just Delilah Hack. I'm not the only victim. Cassie, carefully traversing through the cornfield, we see a little bit of a booby trap. Barbed wire tied across two cornstalks intended to snag victims as they run through the field. Likely what that crow got snagged on earlier. Cassie sees it, though, and isn't fooled. Narration. Then, the relief is gone. In its place rears up absolute fucking horror. I don't know what I'm fighting. What Matthew can do. All I know is I'm stepping into his world. A close-up of her boot playing his game. Cassie's face shocked. She hears something. And I don't even know the rules. Cassie looking towards the sound. In the foreground, a cat. In its mouth, a field mouse. While Cassie's distracted by the cat, we see the large silhouette of Matthew behind her. Just a cat. I hate fake scares. Cassie still distracted. We see Matthew, grin face, brandishing his hammer, the hammer still covered in blood. He looks like he's about to deliver a killing blow. But Matthew makes a noise. Cassie turns around suddenly, shocked. She barely has time to speak. She almost says his name. Matt. Moving, barely out of the way, the hammer misses Cassie's head and swipes down her shoulder, a trail of blood leading behind as the sharp back of the hammer cuts into her shoulder. Cassie scrambling. She holds her bat up for defense. Grinface speaks to her. Level one. Her narration. And there he is. That smell of dirt and burnt hair. And that panic attack voice. 
Cassie, barely able to hold on to her bat, she's holding her shoulder as it's dripping blood. In the foreground, we see stalks of corn covered in her blood. She's scrambling to get away, running now. I can't fight him. I'm not a blunt object. Not covered in an untouchable spiny shell. I'm just a teenage girl. Defenseless. No mother to chase away the bullies. No one to keep me safe from the boogeyman. Cassie makes it to a clearing. Looking behind her, she fails to see a pitfall, crudely covered in corn stalks in front of her. He hates me. She cries out in terror as she falls into the pitfall. As she falls through the hole in the ground, she barely manages to hold on to some barbed wire, but it cuts deep into her hand, blood pouring from her palm as she grips tightly to keep herself from falling into the pit. He's not going to stop until he slashed me open, and my life pours out into the soil. Cassie's gritting her teeth. She looks scared. She's trying to pull herself up while her hand bleeds. Cassie now, starting to pull herself up, we see what's at the bottom of this pit. Tools, pitchforks, hedge clippers, all kinds of sharp objects that could impale Cassie. Her narration, or maybe not. I survived once when so many others ended up as numbers in a body count. I survived because I sucked it up, and I took that fear, and I stuffed it down someplace deep and dark and far away. Cassie's pulling herself up now. We see Grinface encroaching, holding his hammer, stalking his prey. Cassie now, using her bat instead of her hands, she gets it behind the razor wire and starts to pull herself free of the trap. My mom didn't just kill those kids. She played with them. She chased them, tied them up, toyed with them. Cassie's now free. She's using her bat to hold herself up. Looking at one of her hands, it's now a big gaping wound. Cassie, hearing Matthew, looks up. She fed on their fear. She savored every little whimper and scream. And I've just given Matthew exactly what he wants from me. This panel... Matthew, in silhouette, looking at her from the cornstalks, clearly enjoying the way that Cassie had been terrified and had to pull herself up. He's in silhouette, we can only see his white eyes and his big grin. In the foreground, Cassie's fist, covered in her own blood, clenched, ready to fight. The clenching seems to be squeezing even more blood out. Cassie, on the attack, Grinface looks genuinely shocked as she plunges the tip of the bat right against his chest, knocking him backwards. Cassie looks fierce, determined. I have to use my weapons, my fists, my bat. She cracks the bat down onto his hand, and he drops his hammer. The ones that let me fight back close range, so he can see my eyes, that I'm not afraid. Grinface delivering an elbow to Cassie's wounded shoulder. The pain is too much. She drops her bat, but she manages to get her footing and she gives him a shoulder tackle, trying to knock him over once more. And I have to use those other weapons. Cassie now, taking some barbed wire and wrapping it around Grinface's throat. She says, You like to chase me, Grinface? You want to see me from behind? She pulls the barbed wire tight. It cuts into Grinface's neck. He seems unafraid. But she pulls him close to her face. I'm going to pop your fucking head off. Then I'll let you see me from behind. Her narration. It's not the words. It's the way I say them that makes him believe me. Cassie pulling even harder. She has a grin on her face. 
because I'm going to let you kiss it. Grinface laughs maniacally as he headbutts Cassie right in the face. Her head snaps back and she loses her grip on his throat. Cassie now on the ground holding her face. Fuck. Okay, taking the fight to him took him off guard, but didn't take the fight out of him. We see Grinface untangling the barbed wire from his throat. Cassie, taking a few steps back, trips over some legs and some familiar white sneakers. Her POV shot, looking up at Grinface. Instead of his regular old hammer, he now has a sledgehammer. He says, Power up. The person Cassie tripped over was indeed the lifeless body of Kelsey. She looks at him, shocked. Oh God. Looking at his dead, vacant expression. Kelsey, he didn't feel the wrongness from me. He knew who I really was. He almost had me thinking I could live here. Be his friend. Be normal. Kelsey now, looking down at what Grinface has done, turns back to Grinface. She looks pissed. And she narrowly dodges Grinface making a wide, arcing swing with his big sledgehammer. But he was Sarah's pet pee-pee. The nice guy. In a sick game to make the bad boy jealous. He ended up as collateral damage on a dead-end path. Cassie delivers a hard elbow to Grinface. Well, I'm sick of dead-end paths. And this fuckwad's gonna learn just what that means. Cassie now straddling Grinface. She's delivering blow after blow, hard punches to Grinface's face. Every punch shreds that crow-skin mask of his. Cassie now taunting him. Come on, bad boy. Let's see that handsome face. And we see underneath that crowskin mask, the face of Matthew. His nose practically gone, just a skeletal hole. His lips also gone, that grin not being part of the mask, but part of his actual mouth. Underneath the crowskin, we see the scars across his face. Those same scars that occurred when... His face was jammed into the arcade machine, and glass shredded him beyond recognition. He speaks to Cassie. No more handsome face. Now there is only Grinface. I am Grinface. Cassie now rearing that giant sledgehammer up over her head. She closes her eyes and looks determined to bash in Grinface's skull. Motherfucker, I don't care if you're Miss Pac-Man. I'm still going to introduce your teeth to your fucking brainstem. Across the page, we see some onomatopoeia. The sound of an oncoming car. Cassie turns her head. A look of shock and disappointment. She just mutters out. Shitballs. Through the stalks of corn... A car hits Cassie, striking her right on the hip, blood spurting out. She drops the hammer and goes flying. Sarah, behind the wheel, holding Cassie Hack's diary. Is this all about Kelsey? Is that it? Cassie now standing up, holding a gaping wound on her thigh. Sarah from the truck. He tells you you're cool, and we see what you're really made of. Just another girl who gushes when the captain of the football team pays her a little attention. Holes before poles, you white trash bitch. As the truck is oncoming, Cassie leaps into the air and lands on the hood of the car. Sarah continues to say, It's no wonder those chicks at your old school like to go all red-headed stepchild on you. 
Cassie holding on to dear life as Sarah drives to the cornstalks. And who still writes in a fucking diary? They've cleared the cornfield now, and Sarah's driving towards that dilapidated barn and intended to crush Cassie between the vehicle and the building. How poor does your family have to be that you can't even afford a blog? Sarah behind the wheel looks crazed and determined. Cassie looks terrified. Cassie says, Oh God, you crazy... Croom. The car crashes through the front doors of the barn. Cassie not crushed to death, but goes flying. The front of the truck is totaled, and Sarah steps out, now repeating things that she read in Cassie's book. <laughs> Loner. Outsider. Slasher hunter. <laughs> Gay. Sarah, walking to this barn where all the old arcade machines are, she sees blood bus. The game that corrupted Matthew, and perhaps even turned him into Grinface. The arcade machine is on. We see the titular character of Bloodbus of Grinface, and a scared little blonde boy that looks like he's going to get his head bashed in. The screen says, It's hammer time! Insert coin. Sarah snarling at the arcade machine. Suck my dick, Bloodbus. Cassie is dazed. She's crawling along the ground. Sarah stalks behind her. Her arms open, theatrical, relaxed. She's having a good time. And feels Cassie's about to die. Sarah says, Aw, it's so nice to see you off your high horse. Cassie mutters something unintelligible. Sarah goes on to say, We must kill the slashers. They're evil. Fuck you. She kicks Cassie hard in the stomach. Clenching her fist, she looks down at Cassie, shouting, I love Matthew. I would do anything for him. Maybe if you'd loved your mom more, you could have cured her instead of blowing her brains out. Did you ever think of that, slasher hunter? Those words seem to piss Cassie off, but she just sort of stares with contempt. We see Matthew, Grinface himself, stalking towards the two. He's holding that big sledgehammer covered in blood, his mask now all torn up. Sarah says, Hmm, my boy is coming now. I want to kill you. I really do. But to show Matthew how much I love him, I'm gonna let him kill you. She's all yours, babe. Ah! A mighty double-hand swing from Matthew. And that sledgehammer slams right into Sarah's arm, breaking it. Now on the ground, she shouts up at Matthew. You broke my goddamn arm! The fuck are you doing, Matthew? Cassie looks over at her with a knowing sneer. He's not Matthew. He's Grinface. He's running a pretty high score right now. He's leveled up. Oh, and guess what, Sarah? You killed him in the first place. I guess that makes you the big boss. Matthew now holding the sledgehammer up. He's determined to bring the top of it right down on Sarah's face. She pleads with him. Oh no. No. Matt. Baby. Don't. Funk. Cassie grits her teeth and looks away. She doesn't want to see that type of horror. Cassie now. On the ground. Lying in the grass next to her is the gun that she lost when the fight began. Matthew now looking down at Sarah, his hammer covered in dripping blood. He just breathes heavily, hunched over. Cassie's narration. The Bible says Jesus Christ died for our sins and returned to show his love. What about those who died for their own sins and returned to show their hate? The ones that didn't rot. Matthew now screaming to the night sky, Fade! We see that he turns and he leaves 
and he starts heading back to the blood bus machine. Cassie's narration continues. The ones who weren't able to move on to hell, maybe their torment is knowing that, despite their best efforts, people still live. As Matthew's in mid-stride, one of his knees blows out. Cassie has shot out one of his legs. He now continues forward, limping, trying to just head back to the arcade machine. And maybe amassing a body count is their only way to gain points. Level up. Maybe. Cassie fires the gun again and blows out Matthew's other knee. He crumples to the ground. Cassie now standing behind him, the gun barrel smoking. I don't know. All I know is, is that this gun doesn't feel so heavy anymore. A panel of Cassie having Matthew dead to rights. The gun barrel pointed at the back of his head. She fires, shattering a good portion of the remainder of his mask. He looks confused as his brains blow out all over the place. Then, lying down on the ground, Cassie empties the entire clip into his head. Pow, 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 pow. It perforates this motherfucker. Cassie now heads out into the night. She's walking away. She hears the weak moans. C-Cass. We see now Cassie lying next to Sarah's body. Her face hasn't been completely caved in, and in fact, she's still alive, if only barely. She weakly says, I know you uh, hate me. A close-up of her face, completely red, blood coming from her lips and nose, her head, and the surrounding grass just covered in blood. Just don't let me come back as one of them. We see Cassie with a can of gasoline. She's slowly marking a trail around the old barn with the arcade machines in it. She trails the gasoline to Sarah. The narration says, Sarah, free-spirited girl with a dark secret. Kelsey, the genuine good guy. Cassie standing over Sarah with a pink lighter in her hand. Two people that I actually made a connection with. Two potential friends. She hands the lighter to Sarah. Sarah lying on the ground has the lighter in her hand and is about to ignite it. Both dead. A close-up shot of Sarah's hand as she lights the lighter as Cassie walks away, gun and bat in hand, dead like my mom. Dead like Cassie Hack, teenage girl. We see now the barn ablaze, everything burning, the arcade machines melting, and we see a close-up of Blood Bus, but instead of the titular character, the arcade version of Grinface, it is Matthew as Grinface, in the screen of the arcade machine, a question across the screen in big yellow letters. Play again. Establishing shot. The city of Chicago as the sun sets. Cassie's narration. Some strange murders in Chicago the past few days. Victims skinned. Quartered like so much butcher shop meat. They tell a story in the south side neighborhood. It's a tale of an urban ghost. A masked lurker of the alleys darting between shadows grabbing children and homeless people to butcher. It's the tale of the Meat Man. This is in reference to her soon-to-be partner, Vlad, 
who we mentioned in the very first episode. This is Cassie's not really a lone wolf in her adventure. She has uh, goes on her slasher hunter spree with Vlad, who's a big, muscular, looks like a slasher himself, except he's not. He's actually a person who just so happened to be deformed and wears a mask, uh, has uh, it's a gas mask. He's got uh, breathing issues, and uh, their first encounter was Cassie thinking that Vlad was a slasher that she was there to kill when it turns out that he was also killing slashers and trying to help people because he was a genuinely good guy. And so this is where we see this character. He's in a dumpster. He's a sort of gray-skinned, muscular, big guy. And as he's closing the dumpster, it looks like he's putting a hand in there, perhaps the killer, the, the butcher that Cassie's talking about, more than likely. And he looks over his shoulder as he hears something. And Cassie's narration continues. Maybe I am just a stupid, lonely girl. Incomplete. Half-formed. Torn apart. And what we have here is a very interesting double-page spread as opposed to holding it horizontally to get a picture that way. We actually turn the book vertically. And we see Cassie gothed out, leaping in the air. She has her bat that she's been carrying through the whole story, but now it's the classic Cassie hack bat that we're all familiar with. It is covered in bent, rusty nails, and carved into the side is the simple phrase, kiss it. And she is swinging overhead and going to bash down Vlad's head. We all know that she doesn't kill him, and they become partners and friends. And just to cap everything off, her narration concludes... But now, I know which hunt I'm on. And in captions at the bottom, the beginning. And there you have it. That is Hackslash, my first maniac. That's a a, a great jumping on point for anyone that's interested in the character. And I hope you guys really enjoyed listening to it. I know I had a hell of a lot of fun reading it myself. And because of the really nice response that we've gotten from the episodes and, and how into it you seem to be, we will definitely be revisiting Hackslash because there's more single stories that I think are really good and uh, I think you guys are really going to get a kick out of. We're not going to do it right away. We're going to get to a couple of other things first. Of course, uh, before we start a brand new full-length story, we're going to go back and do some one-shots. So it'll probably be more Tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror, something probably from the EC Comics era. Remember, if you guys have any specific stories that you'd like me to tackle on this show, as long as they're comic books or horror-related, and by the way, it doesn't just have to be Western comics. I've put the call out on Twitter, and it seems that you guys are interested in one day tackling some manga. So if you guys are interested in manga, I'd be more than happy to read that to you guys too. But again, if you want to hit up my Twitter, it is at Wes Deadairnipe. Or you can leave a comment on the SoundCloud under this video, or you can go to splatterpictures.net, which is our main website. Or you can go to the Splatter Pictures Facebook page. Just search for Splatter Pictures and it will get you where you need to go. As always, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter for the use of our intro and outro music and Chris Begarin for the wonderful art that he provides for the podcast and the website. I don't really have too much else to add, except I will see you guys next week. I am Wes Deadairnipe, and you've been listening to Panels of Blood.